Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode number one of the Reinventure Me podcast. What did you want to be when you grew up? Is it anything like what you've become so far? Hi, this is Larry Gates, and I'm with my co-host Armina Sadi. We're welcoming you to the first edition of the Reinventure Me podcast. Find your next great beginning. This is the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Well, welcome to the first podcast for Reinventure Me. Hooray! Hooray! Uh, you're hearing our studio audience. I'm Larry Gates. And I'm your co host, Armin Asadi. Of course, that's not really a studio audience, but you figured that out already because you're smart. <laughs> you're listening to this podcast. We're so glad that you can be a part of this very first inaugural episode. And uh, we can't wait to tell you what we have uh, going on. Uh, just a lot of fun stuff that I think we hope to cover today and yet set the stage for where we're going to be going down the road. And I hope that you uh, find this podcast worthwhile. There's so many that you can listen to, so many great ones out there. Uh, but what we want to uh, set right off the bat, I mean, is we wanna, let's talk about what this this vision for this podcast is all about. So yeah, no I always think that's a very important part of every podcast. What is the vision behind yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, so. you, you you sign up for this stuff. Let's make sure it's good. Well, we're really about new beginnings, aren't we? That's right. And and uh, Armin and I have spent a lot of time talking about this. We've we've had a number of new beginnings in our own lives, and, and we feel that it's important to not ever settle on the question what you want to be when you grow up. And that, that might be a funny thing to say, but... Uh, we need to think through what it is that God wants to bring out inside of us. And so it causes us to always want to ask that question. And that's a topic we're going to explore a little bit later in today's program, right, Armin? Oh, that's right. We're going to dig deep and ask good questions and get the mind and the juices flowing. Oh, all right. We have already set the bar really high, so I hope <laughs> we can clear that one. But uh, this whole podcast series is intended you intended to encourage you. I, I don't think that there could be anything that Armin and I would want more than for you to walk away from an episode of Reinventure Me and feel like you've got just a little bit more in your tool chest, maybe a little bit lighter load that you're carrying, maybe another idea or another way of looking at something that might inspire inspire you that might give you a little bit more encouragement to continue to explore uh, the great things that God has built inside of you, all the things that have gone on in your life. None of it is an accident, um, and God can use it to His great purposes. And so what we want to do is have this uh, podcast really be about inspiring you to take a little risk to explore and to break the barriers of what God might uh, have in store for your life. Uh, what, are, what are some of the things we're going to cover here, Armin, as we go through these episodes? Well, some of the topics I can think of right off the top of my head, I would say, is how to know when you're in transition. Yeah, that's good. That's, you know, yeah. Sometimes we don't realize we're in the middle of a transition and we're trying to figure out why we're feeling the tension that we're feeling. Yeah. So I think that's going to be a good topic. Mm -hmm. um, another topic would be some of the barriers we have to new beginnings, which I'm sure you know that there's new yeah. beginnings. Yeah, I would get stuck in an old beginning. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. 
that's always a possibility. <laughs> Another topic would be experiments you can try. And then uh, finally, I would say interviews with others who've gone through transitions. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there that have, you know, are transitioning and have gone through some pretty significant transitions. Absolutely. And, yeah. Well, our, it's our pledge. Uh, Armin and I both are committed to make both these episodes both personal from our own experiences uh, and also practical. We hope that you take away something from each episode that you can apply to your own life. And uh, to that end, we really do want you to uh, visit the reinventure.me website. And uh, we, have a, we have an icon there where people can uh, click and leave a voice recording. And, uh, and also where they can um, uh, leave an email for us, right? And we'll, we'll right. play those on the show. And I think that's really important because if we can get, the more people that we can get to interact with us, the more this show becomes about the audience rather than us. And that's really what we're looking for. So if you guys are listening out there, make sure you do go to reinventure.me. Just get involved. Let us hear your voice. Let us hear your comments. We even want to get you involved in the show where we have you on the podcast. If you leave the best message, if you leave the best question, best joke, whatever it might be. That's what we're looking for is the people to get involved with I us. I might even put a lame question or <laughs> joke on the air too, because that would be kind of fun. But, you know, even though we're, we want to make this personal, I, I don't think Armin, either nor, neither Armin nor I believe that we have all the answers. We're not here as the gurus. We're here to set the conversation, to, uh, to really set the table and host a conversation and to bring some of the stuff that we're learning. And, um, you know, I like what Albert Einstein said. He says, it's not that I'm so smart, but I stay with the questions much longer. Hmm. And this podcast is about staying with the questions, diving in, de- uh, dealing with some of these issues. And we hope in a, a transparent, a meaningful way, uh, one that you can identify with, one that perhaps uh, you can uh, sense your own uh, struggle and angst, uh, maybe even, and also one where you can see uh, some hope and some change and some action steps that you can do. So, Ar- Armina, why don't, why don't we talk about why why you're part of Reinventure Me? Well, I think it's a great question. And to start, I would say it's because I've gone through plenty of transitions poorly. Uh, I've gone through major transitions from childhood all the way into adulthood, and a lot of them I didn't handle very well. So for me to be a part of something like this, where I'm getting to the point where I'm understanding transition and change uh, more and more, and being around someone like you who who has a lot of great input on on how to change or transition well, it's it, that that in itself is one of the most important components of me being a part of this. Oh, that's great. Well, you have had a lot of transitions in your own life. Talk about a few of those. Whew. Yes, I have. So, first, how old, are, how old are you? First of all, the audience can't see you, and so they can't they they, <laughs> they don't know that you're you know not just nearly as handsome as I am. But <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, I'm on my third anniversary of my 29th birthday. So right. I'm 32, and I don't like to tell a lot of people that. So, but I am 32. So I was born in the early 80s in uh, the Islamic Republic of Iran, where every, in America we say Iran. But I I was born at a very tense time in Iran. It was a war going on between Mm. Iran and Iraq. And And that uh, was back in, let me do the math here, 1981. Yeah, I was born in 81. All right. Okay. (laughs) Well played. (laughs) And uh, so I, I, I was born in the Islamic Republic, not as a Muslim. So there was a lot of tension between my family, the government and all that stuff. So um, by the time I was six years old, we, there was my first big transition. We 
we fled our country on foot through the desert over a mountain into Pakistan to escape mm. uh, the uh, threat of execution of my parents for being the wrong religion. And uh, you were eight. I I, I was six. At six the time. at that time. Wow. Yeah, I was six years old. And then we ended up living in Pakistan for about 17 months. And, you know, I learned a whole new language there, actually two new languages while we were in Pakistan. And from there, we ended up getting refugee passes while we're in Pakistan to this little old country called the United States of America. Little old country. (laughs) Okay. You didn't know much about it at six years old. I knew nothing about it. Was that scary for you? Um, No, I think my parents did a phenomenal job of... Uh, guarding me and protecting me. I, I, I remember being in Pakistan and having some of the greatest times of my life. Yeah. So where my parents were seeing poverty and refugee status, I was just seeing good times, good laughs, good food. You know, I had no idea I was in poverty. So they were sheltering you from all the anxiety of that transition. Oh, absolutely. Right? Okay, yeah. But it didn't change the fact that there was very obvious big transitions happening yeah. that I had to learn as a y- young child. And then, so from there, we came to America. I was learning, you know, whole new language, a whole new culture, and um, an understanding how to relate to people in ways that I've never had to before. And uh, even even once I learned the American culture, it, 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 there was a lot. McDonald's, French fries, yes. all that good stuff, right? Food, yeah. yes. <laughs> White water that was called milk. That was interesting. Oh, yeah, milk. <laughs> um, even, even through schooling, I did really good. I was a straight-A student at first, and things started getting rocky at home while I was a teenager. So I started getting a little rocky myself. Um, I started being in, I, I was in sales at the time. And now, wait a minute, at the time, like how, as a teenager, you were in sales. You're right. Uh, okay, so what were you selling? So that's, that's, I, yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> so I was working for Circuit City Okay. Um, at the time when I was 16. And oh, wow, uh, right. they illegally put me on commission sales by the time I was 17 because I was doing so well. So mm. go figure, okay. Fortune 500 company. Okay, well, they're so. not around anymore. No, so we can talk about that. <laughs> But I, I started getting into a kind of a rocky phase of my life just because of the things that were happening in my uh, in my household and kind of started hanging out with a uh, wrong group of f- friends um, from inner city. And we had at that time already moved into the suburbs. But, you know, these weren't people that exactly respected rules and laws very much. And so we started dabbling in some criminal activity. It eventually became more organized crime activities oh. and... Uh, you yeah. were held at this time? You're dabbling in organized crime? Oh, I would say we started getting organized when I was 19, but I started dabbling in criminal stuff when I was 16. Oh, my goodness. So it took three years before I started getting pretty organized. Before you got good? <laughs> <laughs> you could say it was getting good. Yeah, I mean, it, we we went from you know living a lifestyle of making thousands to by the time we were 19, we were making you know hundreds of thousands dealing with the different industries that we were involved with, criminal industries that we were involved with. So, (laughs) yeah, it got pretty crazy. And it kept growing from there. Yeah. And so at some point in time, you broke out of that. That was a pretty major transition. When did that happen? Um, that's, that's a great question. So it's, it's somewhat depressing. So I don't want to depress people, but I remember being in this party that I threw and, I remember as a as a high school kid, if you're watching MTV and all this stuff, you're you're seeing what an ideal party would look like if you were if you were the person to be able to throw that party. What would it look like? Mm-hmm. And I was able to throw that party. I mean, my DJ alone cost fifty thousand dollars. You wow. know, so this was, was one, one night. 50 yeah, grand exactly. For a DJ. Okay. So we went all out with this party, and I, I mean. 
it was all about me, you know, so this uh-huh. should have been the night of like my life. And I remember at one point sitting on a chair and I had a drink in my hand and I'm looking across this room filled with, you know, well over a hundred people that are supposedly my friends and family. And, uh, and I remember it dawned on me in that moment that there wasn't a single person in that room that I loved. And there wasn't a single person in that room that actually loved me. That mm. we were all there for one thing, and that was just money and power. Mm. And uh, it was one of the most depressing realizations that I've ever had. And I remember at that point was when I decided I don't want anything to do with this life, and kind of created a turmoil in my life. And I thought I was going to die through this process or get killed wow. trying to leave. I wanted to kill myself. Even you know it was like that yeah. bad yeah you had a you hit a cul-de-sac right there in that in that room yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely nowhere to go and then um from there i mean i started thinking about once i realized i wasn't gonna die anytime soon i had to figure out how to live life all over again mm-hmm. I, it was a brand new beginning and uh, i remember thinking back what was it that i had that made me happy and there was two things that i had i had god and i had family that made me happy and so i started kind of reinventing back in now your parents were christian i'm sorry no my parents there's nobody in my family so how did you have god how did you see god um god for me was growing up in the baha'i faith that was the only god i really knew yeah gotcha um and i i just remember wanting to revisit that but i wanted to make it my own i didn't want to take on a faith just because mom and dad had a faith Mm -hmm. that it mm-hmm. had to be my faith. So mm-hmm. I, I didn't go back into the Baha'i faith. I wanted to know if I'm going down a path of spirituality, religion, or faith, that this is something that I truly believe in. So mm-hmm. I started looking at everything. I was going to mosques. I was go- I went to a Buddhist temple. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was really seeking. Okay. And uh, I, I, I had no desire to be a Christian, I'll be honest with mm-hmm. you. And somewhere through the process, um, I think God just did the thing that he does and just lets you know that I am truly the God of the universe. I am just as alive today as I was 2000 years ago and that Jesus is God. And I had that moment where everything came to. And the last thing that I thought I'd ever be was a Christian was the thing I actually became, Mm. started interning at this amazing church and here in the twin cities Mm -hmm. uh, called substance church led by pastor Peter and uh, Carolyn Haas I mean, these guys are amazing, amazing pastors and leaders, and I loved everything they're doing. I got saved in their church. I started interning in their church. I started doing... Then I got hired on at this church and started doing full-time ministry and uh, worked there for three years where where I'm at now, where today, I mean, I transitioned out of that ministry role and um, trying to transition once again and figure out what's next, which is entrepreneurialism. And Yeah, now you co-founded, a, you've also co-founded a company that you're a part of, a startup, right? Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I know you're also helping me and my management consulting firm too, so <laughs> you've got a few things going on, but okay. I'm just trying to keep track of the transitions I've already heard. You're 32 years old, you've done a, a significant global relocation transition across <laughs> many cultures, and, and how many languages do you know? Um, and when I came to, when I came to America, if you count the dialect that my grandfather used to speak, which is a farmer's dialect, this would be my fifth. Fifth language. Mm. So that's pretty amazing. And and then, uh, so so you came, you came to America, so you made that cultural tra- transition. You learned five languages. You, you come here, you get started in the crime scene at an early age. <laughs> right. you, you're a rise, rising star in the crime world. <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, God gets a hold of you, and then you dive into the church 
world, that's right. right? And and a leader in the church. Mm-hmm. And then um and, and not too long ago you made a transition into the corporate world to mm-hmm. start a company. That's right. And to do some operations consulting that you do for for my uh, management consulting firm. That's right. right. So I, I can't imagine that maybe there's a few more transitions that are yet gonna happen for you. <laughs> I mean that's pretty incredible. Uh, I, they're bound to happen, but yeah. I'm, I'm starting to embrace them more and more. Well what about you? I want to learn something about you and I'm sure some of the audience wants to learn more about you too. Well I, you know I in some ways I don't think my transitions have been near as dramatic or global as yours, but <laughs> but but you know, I think everybody's transitions feel dramatic and global and all reaching to them. And uh, I've had I've had many in my in my own career. Moved to um, Minnesota from Colorado, <laughs> and a lot of people ask me why did you do that, and my wife asks me that every winter. <laughs> I bet. And uh, you know, just last week it was like thirty below here, so you know, I got that question quite a bit. But um, and I moved here to uh, to work for uh, Cray Research, a supercomputer company, and really enjoyed it. It was a, a fast up and coming company, and just on a rocket ship. And I learned so much from them. And then decided um, when uh, when the the business unit that I was running, uh, when we shut that down, I just decided I, I needed to go start my own company. And hmm. um, uh, I had that itch, you know. To, is that is that when you started Lumina? It's when I started Lumina okay. Consulting. That's nineteen years ago now, and wow. um, uh, I just had. It was one of those things where when I when I looked at it, I decided, okay, do I go get into another job or do I start my own company? And the thing that nailed it for me was was just asking myself, which decision would I regret the most? You know, a year from now, which decision would I regret the most? And I realized when I asked that question, I realized if I go work for another company, I'd always be wondering what it was like if I'd started my business. Wow. And so that's when I, that's, that nailed it for me. That's when I realized, you know what, it's, it, it would not be fair to a new employer to give them a half-hearted attention with that still on me. So I started Lumina Consulting Group. And I think for the first uh, four months of the business, I made about 35 cents an hour. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's your typical startup and all that. And, uh, and along the way, uh, over the ni- over the nineteen years, I've had the opportunity of founding or co-founding six uh, or so wow. pro- for-profit, non-for-profits, six, and, huh? and uh, it's just been a blast. I've had a, had a lot of fun, and right now I'm having the uh, the time of my life. So there has been a lot of transition that has occurred over the years, and I'm always drawn to those people who are in transition because they're asking really pertinent questions about their life. They're mm-hmm. asking re- the really important questions. And so often, because I know a lot of people, I'll get people that come to me and they want to network for the next job, you know, and I'll ask them, I say, well, what are you looking for? And instead of telling me what they're looking for, they tell me where they've been, you know? Interesting. And I'll tell them, hey, um, and so instead, so that's fine. You're a CFO, you did all this great stuff, but what do you want to do? Hmm. You know? And I remember having that conversation with a lady and... Uh, that had been a former client of mine. She was telling me about all the stuff that she had done. And, and I said, I know all that because, you know, I know that about you. We've worked together. I know enough of your uh, history that I know what you've done. What I'm asking you is what do you want to do? And I can, I'll never forget. I mean, she looked at me and she says, really, do you really want to know what I want to do? And I said, yeah, I'd love to know what you want to do. And she says, and her head hung a little bit. And she said, well, I want to write children's books. Totally different than anything she'd done before. But she felt like she couldn't do it. And, and, and when I had that conversation with her, it was very meaningful for me because I, I wanted to inspire her to pull out the very thing that I think she wanted to do and find a way to do it. And, and I've, I've since refined my personal mission statement to rouse the, the extraordinary and powerful mission in people in business. 
I love and, that. Yeah, and and it and it it came to me because. Uh, having worked with so many companies uh, through my management consulting firm where I help them identify market opportunities for their business and how they go out and create new ventures for their business, I realized the very thing that I do with companies and help them shape what their value proposition is, how they look at markets and how they decide where they ought to go, that's identity work at the corporate level. Hmm. And I just love doing that too because there's so many principles that apply personally as well. A lot of the things that we can learn about, well, where should it, what's a company's identity? How does it do what it's supposed to do? Uh, applies to us as individuals as well. And so, um, you know, I, I started a, a nonprofit, uh, Bold Path Life Strategies, uh, with that precise mission to help people to find their mission. And, uh, and uh, that's, that's why this is the next phase for, for me, is, right. to, is to do it through, uh, through a podcast. So I hope all of our, um, our listeners are finding... Uh, at least some some value in our story, just to get acquainted a little bit with us, um, and more of that will come as we go. And and of course, we want to get to know you as well because there's um, there's there's not much. We're going to run out of interesting things to say about ourselves, I think, pretty quickly, you know. But we want to draw from your lives and uh, and what you have to say. Um, but let, let's let's talk about our our segment uh, for a little bit here. The tee up question is, you know, what do we want to do when we grow up? And, um, you know, when you were a kid and you were thinking about those kinds of things, what were your aspirations? What did, what did you want to, did you th- want to be a criminal when you grew up or a church <laughs> pastor or a, 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 an entrepreneur when you grew up? Entrepreneur was definitely in, in my vision, but, uh, the other two criminal or pastor, uh, not at all. I, I, I don't, they weren't even my realm of reality of things that I could possibly be. Uh, entrepreneur. I, I was an entrepreneur, if I could tell you a story. Seventh grade. Oh, I seventh grade was, entrepreneur. That's right. That's right. I had, I had $5. So I decided, do I spend it on candy to eat it or do I spend it on candy to sell it? I decided to spend all the money that I could get. I would fill up my locker, no books, just candy. And I would sell candy out of my locker as a child, and I would make muff money uh, from selling candy, and I would get free candy. Uh, it was amazing. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I, can, I think I can up that. When I was a kid, <laughs> when I, was a kid I opened up my garage, yeah. my parents' garage. I don't know, I was probably six or seven or eight, maybe the same age as you were, and you're just bringing back this memory, but, but I, I had a flea circus. And we'd create a box with some, some dowel rods, and we put a, uh, a string across the dowel rods. And um, we'd invite the kids from the neighborhood over for a flea circus, and we'd charge them 10 cents to come and see our flea circus. <laughs> well, what we would do is we would just wiggle the, the stick a little bit, which makes it look like the line is moving. You know, So we're saying, look, he's, the, the flea is doing a, a high-wire act across. You know, I don't know how long our, our – I don't remember exactly how long our show lasted, but you know, it was good. You made enough money you could buy an ice cream cone in the afternoon. You know, oh, so. my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so you tricked people <laughs> Well, hey, now wait a minute. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't paying fifty thousand dollars on a DJ. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I wasn't either at the time. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of my uh, my son's friends, who's post college graduates, come to me and they say um, they, they they they're asking for some career advice, and you probably have had people coming to you uh, asking for career advice. And I'm astonished. I don't know if you you get this uh, this comment very often, Armin, but uh, oftentimes I'll get this comment from from one of them and they'll they'll be apologetic they'll say you know thanks for meeting with me mr gates but uh, you know i gotta tell you right off the bat i'm sorry i don't know what i want to be when i grow up you know oh, yeah. and, and they're apologetic about it they are 
And I just laugh and I tell them, hey, listen, I'm 54 and I don't know what I want to be when I grow. <laughs> That's a great response. Yeah, but you know, I, I, I see their look in their face and, and I'm <laughs> and I'm wondering if maybe by saying that they're questioning whether they <laughs> they should be talking to me or not. <laughs> if this guy's if this guy's 30 years ahead of me and he hasn't figured out the answer to that question, maybe I'm in the <laughs> wrong place. <laughs> Are you gonna make my problem worse? <laughs> yeah, <or> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, I think there's a couple reasons why though we should always keep asking that question of ourselves. And um, the first is that um, you never really get the answer to that question right. Like, you know, you you said you wanted to be an entrepreneur. Maybe maybe you did get it right. But when I was a kid and doing the flea circus stuff, and I I guess I didn't think much about that as being entrepreneurial. But um, when I was a kid, I had an aspiration to to be an air traffic controller. You know. Oh wow, that's uh, uh, nope. I won't even say it. Keep going. <laughs> keep this positive. <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay. But you know, I wonder in, in part of the whole point about why we should ask that question about what do we want to be when we grow up is that we can never really predict that answer to that question very well anyway. And so to settle on it and is to almost somehow cut off what might be a new beginning. Just in my own life, you know, I, I went to school and I got a degree in physics. And now here I am, I'm advising companies on market and market development strategies and all the rest. I mean, that happen? Yeah, physics is way <laughs> off the planet, you know, so to speak, from, uh, from what, what I'm uh, doing now and, uh, and, and the work that I do with, uh, with individuals as well. So I don't know how we can predict it accurately. So just continually asking that question rather than just assuming that you know the answer to it, I think is right. the important, uh, important aspect. Or feeling like you have to know the answer to it. Or feeling the, the, feeling the uh, anxiety of it. Absolutely. You know, I think if we approach the question with open hands, like, you know, allow me to receive an answer, then mm. I think we're, we're, we're better off. But I think the other thing too is if we, we, we need to keep asking that question because if we don't, and we assume we know the answer, it locks us into a path of complacency, you know, where we just mm. go, this is what I am, you know, this isn't going to change, nothing is going to be different, and then you're just blah, 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 blah. Right. And a lot of people, I think you know as well as I do, that live fairly joyless lives because they're not, they're campers, they're not explorers. Mm. You know, they don't want to move outside of the camp, they want to just always have a place that they can return to that's comfortable as opposed to being an explorer, which goes out and finds new things and brings them back for the benefit, not only of themselves, but for others. So yep. this is a podcast that's going to continually answer that question. What does God really want for me as I grow up? You know, And uh, we want to inspire people to be explorers, not campers. Well, maybe this is the perfect time to get into our Inspire Me segment. What do you think, Larry? Well, that, sounds, that sounds terrific. Let's do it. All right. Oh my God! What was that? <laughs> well, sounded like he lacked a little inspiration there at the end, right? <laughs> Our inspire me segment is really about providing a quote or some reflection, or in the case today, a verse from the Bible that might be something that would inspire you, would encourage you to to think a little differently, to pursue the very best that God has for you in that great new beginning that perhaps you're embarking upon as well. Uh, today's uh, verse is uh, from Ephesians five fifteen and sixteen, and we talked about this the other day, didn't we? We did, and I loved, I loved, absolutely loved your perspective on it. I've read this verse several times, but I never saw it or heard it the way that you kind of read it to me. There was an emphasis that you put on a very specific part, and you're going to do this again, obviously. Emphasis but... on the wrong syllable. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's right. <laughs> but no, I really like the way that you you presented it and just gave me a new whole new perspective on this verse and it made me look at opportunities differently. So I'm glad that you're doing this right now. Well, I've I've read this verse for many, many years and I've taught a workshop that's centered around this verse as kind of the core uh, core verse of it. And it wasn't until this last year that this this kind of stood out for me. And it isn't so much what it says, it's what it doesn't say. But to figure that out, we have to figure out what it says first, right? right. So it says Ephesians 5, 15 and 16, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Mm. And what it doesn't say, it says make the most of every opportunity. What it doesn't say is make the most opportunities. Right. And that really hit me one day as I was reading that again, uh, because, you know, as an entrepreneur and as a business owner and actually owner of a couple of businesses, right. opportunity means sales, mm -hmm. right? And it's the thing that you're always trying to do. You know, the ABCs of sales are always be closing, closing. you know? Yeah. And so you're always out there trying to make as many opportunities as you can, fill the funnel, funnel fill the funnel, <laughs> fill the funnel <laughs> with as many opportunities as you can. Right with the hope that something's going to come out. Yeah. And the Bible doesn't say fill it with as much as you can. It mm -hmm. says make the most of what you have. Right. And if I thought about that, as I thought about that and reflected on it, it's like maybe what Jesus had in mind, he says, do you have eyes but can't see, ears but can't hear? And maybe really the blessing that God has for us is right in front of us already. Hmm. Maybe all the resources we need to do the next thing in our life yeah. are already there. All the things that we think that we can't do because we need more of, we need more opportunities, right. he's saying, no, what we need to do, what you need to do is make the most of what you've already got. Yeah. And uh, well, that was challenging for me. It was kind of one of those eye-opening uh, times. And it reminded me of a conversation I had with Anna. Um, I was... I was lamenting a year or so ago about... Anna being your wife. Anna being... <laughs> Thank you. Just in case yeah. everybody didn't know. <laughs> no, that's good. Anna being my wife, my very best friend, and I was lamenting with her how, as a guy who didn't grow up with a father who coached me very well, I was longing for some mentors in my life, and, and, I, and I just felt like I was... that that was an unneed, unmet need. And I was really very discouraged about it. It was one of those times where I was like, I don't know if there's anybody that can really build into my life the way I would like somebody to build into my life. And I don't know if you've ever felt that way or... All the time. Uh, that Had that feeling like, you know, it would really be nice for somebody to just kind of pay attention to me. You know, it was one of those sad pity party kind of moments. And, <laughs> and, and Anna said, you know, she's just so... She's just so direct and just so, so good for me. <laughs> and she says, you know, Larry, she says, you're not looking for a mentor. And I said, I'm, yeah, I am. I just told you I was. And she said, no, you're, you're, you're looking for you. Oh, wow. You're looking for somebody that's like you, just exactly like you. You're not looking at what you already have. Oof. And I think that that's what this verse is talking about. You know, uh, there are opportunities that we already have. There are people around you already. And uh, do we make the most of the relationships we already have? Hmm. Well, uh, that's, uh, that's the encouragement we want to, we want to leave you with today in Ephesians 5, 15, and 16 to make the most of every opportunity. That's right. Maybe this is a perfect time to do our Challenge Me segment. I think it might be. Let's do it. 
Bam. Right down the middle. <laughs> <laughs> so what is our challenge of the week for our listeners? Well, this is a, a visioning exercise that I like to do with our corporate clients. Hmm. Um, we, uh, oftentimes we get to try to understand where businesses ought to, to move in their business. I ask the senior executives to get together and spend time alone writing a view of their business two years from now. And so the challenge me segment today or the, the challenge me topic for, for you to uh, consider is to take a sheet of paper and write where would you see yourself in two years. But it isn't the typical bullet thing. I see myself uh, doing X, Y, Z. It's write it from the third person. So imagine you're a reporter, for instance, hmm. or, or you're being interviewed. You know, what would be some of the questions and some of the answers that you might give? And I think something powerful happens when we talk about ourselves or look at ourselves from the outside. Hmm. That's right. Well, I, I, I really like what you're saying, but I, and this might be a redundant question, but I really want to hear more. Why, why, why is this so important for somebody to be writing this out? Well, one of the things I remember an old college professor saying, and it's the only thing I remember him saying that I thought was of any value. He's kind of one of those chain smokers that walk back and forth, and it's like between puffs of smoke, maybe something would billow out. And he, he said these words, most people don't know what they think about something until they say it. Ooh, say that one more time. And most people don't know what they think about something until they say it. Wow. And we often don't give an opportunity for ourselves to think out loud. And to express out loud. And sometimes the things that are inside of us need just a, a, a vocalization. And so putting it on paper is a way of vocalizing it. Mm. Uh, and it's a way of uh, thinking slowly, as Robert Sternberg, the Yale psychologist, put it. He, he's a, an intelligence researcher. And one of the things that he wrote was this. The essence of intelligence is knowing when to think and act quickly and when to think and act slowly. Wow. Now, most of us who are pursuing a business world or whatever, we, we get... Um, applauded for thinking and acting quickly, that's a virtue, but we don't often develop the discipline to think and act slowly. Wow. So today's exercise really is an exercise in thinking and acting slowly, being contemplative, taking the time to write on one sheet or maybe perhaps two, just a, a third-party perspective, what are you like two years from now? I love that. You know, there's a there's a quote that uh, uh, the CEO of our company, and he's an amazing mentor and one of the smartest human beings I think I've ever met. There's a quote that he's kind of hammered into my brain. And that quote says, never mistake activity for achievement. Mm -hmm. And uh, me learning what the difference between activity and achievement was a huge learning process in my life. And one of the biggest things I learned how to decipher the difference between what's activity and what's actually achievement was actually writing down the things that I want to accomplish. Yeah, so beautiful. once I accomplish them, once I achieve them, that I know I've actually done it. Right. So when you when you wrote where when you said that to say write out your two year uh, vision, I, that's that's what it made me think of right away. Mm. So that people can actually decipher the difference of that activity or is it achievement? Yeah, and that's and that's a good good word. I, I like the physics version of that. Is I'm not into Brownian motion, which is that scan, scattered <laughs> random movement, and so often we find ourselves in. But this is a good time of year to do it. I mean, everybody's yeah. thinking about New Year's resolutions and goals and writing stuff down. That's but right. usually we think about it in the terms of what do I do this year? Yeah. 
And, uh, and this is a longer term, a term exercise. You know, what's even would even be more powerful. What's that is if you get your friends to do it for you as well. Wow. I've never thought about that. I've never actually done that. Yeah. So, uh, I, and I, and I have, I, I have, I've had several friends in my life. There have been periods of time during major transition where I sat and I said, okay, would you do me a favor, take 30 minutes and just imagine what I'm like two years from now and write an article about me. All my friends hate you right now because I know what they're all thinking. <laughs> oh, great. I know what call I'm going to get from Armin now. <laughs> well, we should probably wrap it up for today's episode of reinventure.me. Let's do it. Yeah, we're well, so glad that you're able to be here. And uh, we, we hope that you can join us in our next episode. We're going to talk about how do you know when discontent is telling you whether to move on or, or to fix your attitude. That's a that's a big topic for a lot of people. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's been a big topic for me over the many years. But but if you have specific comments or questions about our next episode, or if you have questions or comments about this episode, or if you have questions or comments about an episode we have yet to air, we would love for you to visit our website reinventure.me and leave a comment there, either by voice or by email, and we'd love to feature it on an upcoming podcast. Also, if you're listening to this for the first time, you know that uh, this is our first episode and we would do very well by you rating, uh, give whatever rating you feel is appropriate on iTunes, and we'd love for you to do that. And we thank you for, for being on this edition of Reinventure Me. Never stop becoming what you should be. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Amin Asadi.